night, it's down to what I like to call a rivalry game. At least it has been since Nick Saban's been there. Rivalry week with LSU in town. This is talk of champions. He's Tyler Watts. Yeah, you ever consider LSU a rivalry game? It was always one that you had to get through if you ever wanted a chance to go to Atlanta. It was a tough one. Look, Auburn, Mississippi State back in the day, not so much anymore. LSU, obviously, good programs, always difficult, challenging to, to find a way to beat them. And then the close games back and forth over the course of the years, that makes it a great rivalry, not to mention the fact that Saban has coached at both of them. Yeah, and you left off Tennessee where Alabama has a win earlier. We'll talk about LSU coming to town and all the stakes in this game and how one side of the ball could be better for Bama, one side of the ball could be better for LSU, all that coming up as we do talk of champions. Brought to you by this guy, the Watts Agency right here, Tyler Watts's main job. The fun job, but I love doing this. Yeah, give us a call or go check us out on the website. That's the best way. We actually have the ability for you to do a quote right there online. It's TylerWattsInsurance.com. We have guys standing by right now. Listen, it's it's a it's just it's a tough time right now on the property side. Give us a call. We'll be able to help you out. Um, I would love for you guys in the chat room to comment on this. I had a chance for the first time this year during the Tennessee game to have the little stadium earpiece listen to the radio broadcast, and and I say this as a guy who watched you grow up. Herman and I, your dad and I are friends. Uh, you're really good on, on the radio. You were fantastic at broadcasting that game. Fantastic so job by you. Podcasts have a little room for improvement, but well, the radio broadcast I mean, this is different. But you're really good. Well, I appreciate it. On Thank the broadcast, you. not that I went in with low expectations, but that's I always sort, my fear. I sort of did go in with low expectations, <laughs> and you were fantastic. Well, you're doing a hell of a job, man. Well, thank you. Are you having fun? Yeah, man. It's a ball. It's yeah. an absolute blast. I love doing this. Yeah. Uh, it's a great way for me to watch the ball game too. <laughs> you got a great seat. I can't throw anything, and I got to be quiet so that Eli and Chris can have the call. Uh, so you and Chris, and uh, and then Eli this week for the LSU game, then you and Chris up on the road in Lexington the next couple of weeks. But for LSU coming to town, you cannot talk about this football team without starting with their quarterback, Jaden Daniels. So let's start right there. What is one thing he does so well that scares you if you're a defensive player or coach at Alabama? His ability to extend a play. You can have everything covered like a blanket in the secondary. You can have the perfect rush lanes up front with three or four guys. He finds a crease, and he's like a basketball guy. You know, we, we used to always talk about basketball guys had the best one-two-step explosiveness to create separation, but their top-end speed, speed, they didn't have to have it, so it might not have been great like a football player. Right. But his he, he possesses both. He's got that up to top speed and immediately one or two steps, and then he's fast as well. So elusive, hard to, to really square him up. And so his ability to extend plays has got to be the most frustrating thing for defensive coordinators. As I, as I went back and watched last year's game, I don't think they designed a single run for him in that game. It seemed like it was all um, out of the pass, mm-hmm. the pass play that he decided to do it on his own. And I think this year, though, you have seen more quarterback design run plays as they're trying to really take advantage of what the defense is giving because they're getting some lead blocks up front, which is good. But they got to protect him. You know, this is a guy that doesn't like to get down at all. He's taken some shots over the course of the year, and when he gets banged up or gets bruised up, it kind of affects his play. So I know that Brian Kelly and that staff really wants to kind of take care of him, but you got to have him. Yeah. They have to have him to be successful offensively. You know, I, I don't know how our, our viewers of Talk of Champions feel, but I feel like he's gotten better at throwing the football this year. I, I would agree. And I think it's two parts. I think that he has continued to develop 
over the over the last season and a half as a passer. He's got some awfully good receivers who, who can create a ton of separation for him. And so it's kind of twofold. And he's very comfortable, a lot like what Joe Burrow was in this offense his second year around. Different coordinators I know at different coaching staffs. However, just that year of maturity of staying in the system, understanding, and really having the work ethic, putting it into it, it's paying dividends for him. Yeah. I mean, it, honestly, outside of the two losses, is he not one of the most valuable players in college football right oh, now? He's on my if, – if, if they said Jim – Lance actually gets a vote. But if they said, Jim, you're a Heisman voter, put down three names right now with one month to go, he's one of my three names I put he down. Be. He's that good, even with the two losses. Talking about Jaden Daniels of LSU, more on that and what they bring to Tuscaloosa this, this week. This is the talk of champions. Give us a thumbs up, like, and subscribe as you watch us here. And also – Go to mybookie.ag if you want to jump in and play the games in the month of November. There is a deposit bonus for you there and a lot of good stuff when you use the promo code next round. The promo code is next round, mybookie.ag, mybookie.ag to enjoy college football, the NFL, and basketball as the basketball season cranks up. You mentioned the receivers. Um, they're tall and they're fast, and they're physical. Those three things you want in a receiving core. How does that match up with some of Alabama's strengths on the corner with Kool-Aid and Terion Arnold? They kind of remind me a lot of what Texas brought to Tuscaloosa earlier in the season. You know, kind of a three-headed monster with the two really talented wide receivers and Malik Neighbors and Brian Thomas, and then the talented tight end as well. Uh, what's his name? Mason Taylor. So those three guys can really put a ton of pressure. And they got some other fellas that, that, that come in as well and do a really nice job. But the bulk of, of, of their, their catches are there with Thomas and Neighbors. And it's a challenge because they'll cross the field, they get upfield, they'll come back. They create tons of separation. But I think we're better secondary in the secondary than we were at the beginning of the season, obviously, with the communication and, and trading things off, matching up with, with different coverage and packages. So hopefully we can blanket it and really challenge every throw because that's going to be key. Muddy up the, the picture, make this offense really kind of hesitate in delivering the ball down the field because there's really they haven't faced a defense all season that I think is as good as Alabama is. Uh, we talk about the corners a lot when we talk about great receivers, but when we go back to that Texas game, which you sort of have like offenses and receivers here, um, Caleb Downs, who's still a true freshman, but we're late in the year now, really early in the year back then. Second he, game. He bit. On a, uh, on a on some eye candy on an under route, and they threw over the top of him for one of the big touchdowns. Maybe on both, but I know on the last one, the back-breaking touchdown, he sort of bit on something underneath, and they threw over the top of him. When you play a lot of football, you learn not to take the candy, right? He's well, a lot more mature now. You know, yeah, he is. However, that's a tough ask for him because with these receivers, if you don't drive on him catching the football, if he has a yard or two separation, these guys, they create a lot of yards after the catch. I mean, it's amazing to see how they advance the ball and pick up that yak yardage um, throughout the course of the season. I mean, it's every single game. They create separation, they catch the ball, they advance at 20, 30 yards. So you have to be aggressive and trying to be around him when he catches it. So you've got to be disciplined and understand what's going on and know when they're going to take their home run shots because of your preparation and be able to react to it. Um, sometimes it, it seems like this is the case in football, no matter who you're talking about. But you got receivers who are six three, six four, six five, and DBs who are five eleven, five you know six feet, you know six one. Uh, are these the kind of guys that even if the coverage is there, if Jaden throws it high, 
that it's hard hard to, to knock this pass down. Is this a is this a tough matchup even if Alabama does everything right with these two receivers? It could be because they seem to win a lot of these 50-50 throws that are they're down the field where it's just a almost a tip the jump ball type of scenario. They Did win, you like they throwing that as a quarterback? We didn't do it. Yeah. We didn't do it. This is a new phenomenon that came in on board kind of after I was done. Uh, I sure wish. You know, we were always we were always just beaten into us, don't turn the ball over, don't turn the ball over, don't turn the ball over. That's how the game was played back then. If you threw a 50-50 ball, you got yelled at. Yeah, absolutely. Absolutely. And now it's completely different. It's give them a chance. Give them a chance to make a play. If it's an intercepted, so be it. Our guys expected to go up there and fight for it. Yeah, that's, that's interesting that the game has changed to where you're encouraged to throw a 50-50 ball that only one out of two is going to well, be caught. It's really not 50-50, though. It's much more in the offense's favor when, yeah. the, when you take into account the pass interference that potentially could happen and all as well. Okay, one thing that's different for this LSU team from when they lost to Florida State, because I think Alabama's the closest um, to Florida State that they've played since they lost to Florida State to start the season. Uh, we'll get to that after I tell you about our friends at Roback.com. Great golf gear, uh, great pants. We just got some pants in from our friends at Roback. Wonderful. They can be business casual. They can be golfing pants, casual stuff to wear to the game. Just go to Roback.com, Roback.com. Promo code TNR20 to get 20% off your first order there, Roback.com. They didn't have, LSU, didn't have a running game when they lost to Florida State. I think Logan Diggs has changed that side of the ball for them. He looks to be a threat running the ball, reminding me a little bit of what LSU used to be. Mm. You had to stop their run and force him to throw. That's not the case anymore, but he's a legit running back. They found him a, a jewel there since that first game loss. And, and they do a good job of getting favorable numbers in the box as well because of the threat that they have at the wide receiver position and with Jaden Daniels. So that gives them, gives them favorable looks. They're now able to take advantage of it, and it makes them much more balanced. You talked about Alabama being a lot like Florida State. Florida State did something that no other team has done this year. LSU is outscoring their opponents in the first half, 196 to 107. They had 17 in the first half, I think, against Florida State. Alabama has to have that kind of success early on because we know that we're a slow team out the gate. Right. we got to keep this thing relatively low scoring in the first half. But didn't Alabama do that to Texas? Didn't it stay low scoring there early it did. on? Yeah, yeah. It, it did, but I think this LSU team is yeah. more explosive than even Texas. Yeah, uh, but if you give me, what was it, 16-13 at the half in the Texas game, I think it was something like that, you give me 16-13 at the half against LSU, I think I would take that. Make it a one-possession game, and I think everybody in, that stand, in the stands are happy. Yeah, yeah. And just settle into the game. That's what scares me early on about this LSU team is that they uh, they throw a couple of haymakers early on and puts Alabama playing for behind. Let's let's talk a little bit about about Alabama, their 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 side of the ball offensively and LSU's defense. Um, I heard a stat that you know, and I know in college the odd the, the stats get skewed a little bit with sacks, and God knows Jalen Milrose had a ton of them. But I, I heard somewhere he's rushing the ball 142 yards. That's all he has rushing on the season now. He's rushed for more than that, but because of the sacks, it's been taken off. Uh, a bye week has happened. It's a home. You can see the end of the regular season on the schedule, four more games to play. Do you think they start to work in planned runs a little bit more, or is that just not something they want to do with Jalen Milrow? I mean, we talk about this every week. Is this the week that they – they make him a primary runner in the offense. If you will listen to Coach Saban and some of his post-game comments, he talks about the fact that they have several quarterback runs, design runs, throughout the course of the game that are called, that they might be read options and things of that nature. But then we might check out on them, we might get in something else, but we're not hitting on all of them like 
I think the coaching staff would like to. So I think they are kind of sprinkled in and mixed. But what you are is what you are. You're just trying to get better at it at this point. So it's not going to be a vastly different style of offensive play that Alabama runs this weekend where Jalen Miller is going to keep the ball 15 times, 10 times. That's not going to happen. Right. There may be three or four sprinkled in to try to take advantage of some things. But against this defense, you should be able to control the line of scrimmage. Everybody else has. There's no reason you shouldn't be able to up front as well. And they've lost Mingo, one of their big right. NFL prospects, who will not play in the game on that defensive line. So that's a plus for Alabama. Um, and, and Jace McClellan and all the other running backs, but Jace McClellan, McClellan gets the biggest part of the carries. It seems like they're going to limit, try to limit at least the number of possessions that Jaden Daniels will get in this game. Um, running the football is the best way to do that, right? Extended drives, eight play, nine play, ten play, eleven play drives. That's fewer times that Daniels gets to be on the field for LSU. That's got to be part of the game plan too, because Alabama's so comfortable when they run the ball. You want to do whatever works, though. That's that's the key. So when you touch the ball, you're thinking, "I got to score. I got to score. I got to find a way to score." And I don't care if I'm doing it through the air or if I'm doing it on the ground. This is an LSU defense, though, that you can push the ball down the field. And Alabama's had a lot of success. That's kind of who they've become. We're going to throw the ball deep, open you up, and then we're going to pound it down your throats eventually. Ole Miss was able to do that as well. Hit some big plays, control the line of scrimmage. Junkins went off on them there in the second half and really got them going. How, whatever it takes, it doesn't really matter in these type of games. Right. You're not trying to say we're going to do X or we're going to do Y. It's we're going to do whatever it takes to get the ball down the field and put points on the board. They do have three newcomers and then a guy who is sort of second string in their secondary, mm-hmm. and that's where Florida State beat them in the second half. They decided yeah. we're going to we're going to test these LSU DBs, DBU, and they were not up to they were the, lost. They were not up to the LSU yeah. standard. They, they were lost. They were confused, and even on the 50-50 balls throughout the course of the year against Missouri and some Ole Miss and some other ones. They didn't come down with it. Uh, Alabama has to be able to take advantage of that. Uh, Zy Alexander, Denver Harris, and Deuce Chestnut, all guys that had played in the secondary, they're out. So which, yeah, that's what you're talking about. So yep. what does it look like for LSU? You don't really care. You just have to play your game if you're Alabama and go out there and make it happen. Well, it sounds to me like you know they saw, the coaches did, when they were playing in College Station, that there was a matchup that – with Alabama's receiver on a certain DB, they wanted to take advantage yes. of that. We could see that situation sort of fester up again this weekend. Fester is a bad word. Fester is a bad word. I don't know why. I <laughs> you got to hold up. You got to hold up. Yeah. Up front first, and and allow the time because we we've all seen when the receivers have the ability to run deeper routes and we protect up front. Jalen Milrow throws a really nice deep ball, but we have to be able to hold up up front. And there's a couple things LSU can do, taking advantage of our tackles. If they're willing to, that could give us some problems. But the key to all of it is to be balanced yeah. and not allow LSU to know when you're going to take those shots because you want to play them back on their heels. Harold Perkins is the guy. Did you have He's one? He's the guy. Did you have one back in the day when you would play a certain team that when you break the huddle you'd look and try to find where he was? Because Harold Perkins would be that guy. If you were playing in this game Saturday, you would try to find out where Harold Perkins was. Tennessee always had those dudes, but there was too many of them to count. So <laughs> you had you had to worry about everywhere. Uh, LSU played against uh, Spears and a couple of really good Falk and uh, some other guys down there at LSU at the time. Look, everybody has good players. You want to know where they are, but but key to Alabama right now is just understanding, is there any one of them, though, that gives us a really problem if they're isolated? Because we need to address that. If we get isolated on the edge and it's an obvious passing situation, they they got to be able to account for that and, and make some sort of adjustment to, to allow protection. Okay, walk me through this for you. So so this is the center, right? 
So I'm Milrow. I'm standing back by the center. I look on the left side. We've known that Caden is a, a work in progress, but he's getting better every week. And Harold Perkins is over there. What do you do as a quarterback? You either slide the protection, give him a little bit of help. Uh, help. Maybe the maybe the running back comes over and chips to 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 make sure that he's staying in and helping out as well. You, you call something that gets rid of the football quickly. You you eliminate his ability to get to you because of the timing of the pass. There's a couple of different things that you can do. Um, the biggest thing though for Caden Proctor is he's just got to play within himself and make sure that he he holds on to that dude from the get-go because if he starts backpedaling and has both the inside and the outside move never played offensive line in my life or when i did we still use flippers um but if you leave the inside and the outside open man yeah. if he's out there he's going to eat you up uh we have barry jones on our show you can still go watch it at uh, the next round youtube channel wherever you get the podcast uh and he played multiple positions and he said there's no offensive line position like left tackle. You're on an island. Uh, and he also said, you know, people talk about quarterback being a confidence position. He says he feels the same way about left tackle, that you've got to believe you're going to be able to block anybody to block anybody. If you get out there and you don't have any confidence, they will, they will get past you quickly. And he said, I just thought I could. He goes, I was, I was slower than what Caden is at this point, and I was a veteran, and I was slower when I played that position. I just had the confidence, because I'd done it at other positions, right. that I was going to make the block. But it's impossible to instill confidence in somebody. He says, I don't know how you do it. And success. I, I, would, I would assume you don't know how you do it. Just no. You've got to be able to have success in the game. You either have to be the most arrogant person who really stinks but still thinks you're, you're something else, and if that's the case, you're not getting on the field. Right. Or you have to go out there and actually do it in practice and build up that confidence because you've done it over and over and over against quality opponents. You put Dallas Turner out there, if he wins 50% of those matchups, 60 70% eventually, that starts to build confidence because you know you're going against a future NFL guy. That bleeds over onto Saturdays. He's not there yet because every time he's looked around early in the year, his quarterback's been picking himself up off the ground because of his guy. Okay, let's talk about the meaning of this game after you tell us about the Watts Agency again. Yeah, we're full-service insurance agency independent, so we shop the market for you. You're not beholden to any one particular company. Give us a call at 205-822-5477 or check us out on the website at TylerWattsInsurance.com. This is not breaking news. Um, Alabama fans, you know it so well. I mean, the season, when it comes to Alabama terms, what we think a season should be, comes down to this game it does. right now. I the mean, winner this... of this ball game is going to go to Atlanta, period. Right. Uh, that's how I see this thing playing out. So the players are going to handle this obviously a lot better than the fans do. We're going to be all worked up and anxious to begin with. Players are just going to play their game, understanding that things can go back and forth. Take a look at the LSU Ole Miss game, for instance. LSU is in control of that ball game with five minutes to go up by nine points or something like that. Ole Miss scores. Uh, changes everything. They score again. They hold them. They score again. Now all of a sudden, with twenty something seconds, LSU's got to drive the length of the field, and they do it. And they do. And it. that's another thing that's really concerning is how quickly this LSU offense though can get up and down the field because they've done it over and over and over against Arkansas, against Missouri, against Ole Miss. They can drive the length of the field in two or three plays because of how explosive they are at the wide receiver position and this quarterback. Yeah, so much at stake. Alabama, I. 
you know, I'm not saying anything you guys don't know. They have not played a complete game yet. No. They haven't played 60 minutes And that's yet. what's exciting about it is right. you know that that potential is still in them to be much better than what they currently are. Yeah, if they somehow could take that last 30 minutes against Tennessee yeah. and turn it into 60 on Saturday. Jim, just give me 45 minutes right now. Let's you start take with 45, 45 minutes and then we'll go up to 50 or 55 versus George in the SEC championship and just get a little bit better. Yeah, I like that. I like that. I don't want a 60. Give me 45. I'll take just a 45, 45 minute. Yeah, three good quarters. Three good quarters. LSU coming to town. Like opponents, uh, both teams barely beat Arkansas. Both teams easily beat Mississippi State. And then there's the Ole Miss game where Alabama beat Ole Miss and held Ole Miss in check. LSU lost to Ole Miss, and Ole Miss scored a ton of points, 50-plus on them. So you can't really use like opponents. The matchups are different, but if you if, – if Alabama plays their game, the path to victory is there. you got to smother these guys. I mean, you really do. You've got to be solid up front on both sides and really eliminate their big play potential. That's, that's where it all starts. And then open field tackling. Tackle them where they are. Don't let them advance the ball. If you're able to do that, you stand a really good chance. Mm. And not to mention points off of turnovers. LSU has a lot this year. Points off the turnovers, and Lord knows we like to give up at least 10 sometimes <laughs> at home. Uh, not this time, my man. Not this time. Let's uh, play it close to the vest. There's 20 good minutes getting you ready for, uh, to this point, the game of the year, LSU and Alabama. Prime time under the lights. He'll be on the Crimson Tide Sports Network with Eli Gold on the call there. He's Tyler Watts, and this is the Talk of Champions. 